It is a great honor that today we have with us uh, Mr. Yanis Tournaras, who is the governor of uh, Bank of Greece. Uh, I have the privilege of knowing Mr. Tournaras for a very long time. And I have to say that I have been uh, amazed with uh, the rich background that he has uh, in government and the private sector. Uh, Mr. Tournaras is one of the very few people globally who really know the economy as well as he does, the Greek economy, the European economy, and the global economy. And over the years, if you look at his career, he has had a very a series of very challenging and very difficult jobs. And I have to say, before turning it over to him, I have always been amazed that he has the capacity to do the most difficult tasks and at the same time do them well, efficiently, and enjoy them. So I'd like to thank him for his contribution to Greece and to Europe, and I will uh, turn over the uh, podium, so to speak, to him. Thank you for being with us. Thank you, Nico. Thank you, uh, first of all, for your uh, very kind words, but also for honoring me with uh, the participation in your prestigious seminar. The title of my speech um, is Paving the Way for Growth and Financial Stability in Greece and Europe. The pandemic um, has increased uncertainty and plunged the global and the European economies into recession. However, there is no cloud without a silver lining. Drawing on the experience of previous crises, such as the Euro area sovereign debt crisis, the European authorities have responded proactively and in a coordinated manner to support the European economies, safeguard financial stability and give time to the medical and scientific community to develop effective coronavirus treatments and vaccines. The expansionary fiscal policy response, along with uh, an easing of monetary policy, have supported the European economy, mitigating the negative effects of the pandemic on economic activity. The first reaction came from the ECB, which secured the necessary liquidity in the euro area economies by adopting the Flexible Pandemic Emergency Purchase Program, the PEPP, the Single Supervisory Mechanism, the SSM, and the national competent authorities took a number of temporary measures to provide relief to banks, including the possibility to use some of their capital buffers with the aim to continue financing the real economy, but also to absorb losses. In fact, this flexibility will remain available at least until the end of 2022, so banks have a clear view of the timeline for an exit from the measures. In addition, the European Banking Authority, EBA, provided guidance regarding the inclusion of obligors in loan moratoria. The temporary relaxation of the rules of the Stability and Growth Pact and of state aid rules, as well as the European aid package of 500 um, 40 billion euros agreed in the spring of 2020 have allowed Euro area member states to support output and employment and averted massive defaults of obligos. The main policy action taken by the European Union to address the economic impact of the pandemic is the creation of a European Union recovery instrument, the NGEU. The NGEU will finance growth initiatives over the period 2021-2026 worth 
750 billion euros at constant 2018 prices. This recovery instrument will be funded through the issuance of mutual debt at the European Union level to be repaired between 2028 and 2058. The combination of all these measures contained the impact of the pandemic and preserved financial stability. However, there is more to be done. The policy measures to support the European economy should be continued as their early withdrawal could delay recovery and lead to a sharp rise in bankruptcies, non-performing loans and structural unemployment and the reduction in investment and labor productivity. Such a negative development would lead to stagnation and deflation in Europe. Therefore, the combination of expansionary fiscal and monetary policies should continue until the recovery is on a steady path and inflation in the euro area approaches levels close to 2% on a robust and sustainable basis. The creation of the NGEU of the recovery vehicle should not be a one-off policy, but rather a permanent fiscal tool for macroeconomic stabilization, allowing for the issuance of safe assets. It is now high time to complete the banking union and to strengthen the crisis management framework. Let me expand more on this. The COVID-19 pandemic has once again brought to the fore the need for a more resilient European banking sector. Euro area banks face a number of existing and new challenges. First, the low interest rate environment combined with a sluggish economic recovery remains a big challenge for European banks with a clear implication for the core profitability and capital generation capacity. A large number of banks' obligos are under loan moratoria that differ across countries and sectors. Even though relevant EBA guidelines on moratoria do not cancel banks' obligation to conduct an unlikely-to-pay assessment and record loan loans provisions accordingly, there is a widespread feeling that the credit losses from the pandemic are underestimated. The expiration of public support measures especially those related to fiscal support, could have negative implications to banks' cost of credit risk. There are pockets of risk in the non-bank financial sector that is continuously growing in size. Climate-related risks that seemed a distant possibility some years ago are rapidly gaining importance in the risk heat map. In view of these challenges, it is necessary to strengthen the crisis management framework and to complete the banking union. In more detail, the Bank Recovery and Resolution Directive, the BRRD, can address the failing of single banks, but cannot address systemic crises where financial stability is at risk. In exceptional cases, the introduction of a more flexible stance on state aid is fully justified. The setting up of state-guaranteed asset management companies, AMCs, with appropriate remuneration of the state can address asset quality issues outside resolution. Moreover, the BRRD offers no clear strategy for dealing with the failure of small and mid-sized banks that are primarily deposit funded and cannot issue sufficient amounts of subordinated securities to be bailed in. 
Such banks may be left only with a solution of liquidation along national insolvency regimes. The fragmented nature of these regimes means that banks from different EU member states are handled in different ways with varying hierarchies of creditors, that is bondholders, depositors, etc. So some harmonization of the different national liquidation procedures is guaranteed. A key area is creditor hierarchies. I believe that for financial stability reasons, all deposits should be excluded from the instruments that absorb capital losses. It is crucial to progress with the missing piece of the banking union, namely the European Deposit Insurance Scheme, EDIS. This will provide confidence among depositors uh, across Europe, reducing the likelihood of bank runs and effectively severing the bank sovereign nexus. The very recent Eurogroup agreement on the 30th of November 2020 to establish a common backstop to the single resolution fund, the SRF, in the form of a credit line from DSM, which will enter into force at the beginning of 2021, is an important step towards a more robust banking sector. Still, liquidity needs in a resolution may easily surpass what is currently provided for. Drawing on the experience of the Bank of England, the establishment of a special credit line by the ECB could be considered subject to appropriate safeguards. In conjunction with the completion of the Banking Union, the Capital Markets Union, CMU, must move forward in order to strengthen and diversify the financing of European companies and to improve risk sharing. Incidentally, Brexit increases greatly the need for a CMU, for a capital markets union. At the end of the road, when political and social conditions are ripe for treaty changes, a full economic and monetary union involving a fiscal union will make the euro area economy more competitive, the capital and bond markets will gain the necessary debt, the euro will be able to compete with the dollar as a world reserve currency and monetary policy will become even more efficient. Coming now to Greece, what are the recommended policy actions to boost the recovery in Greece? In order to deal with the effects of the pandemic, a combination of actions in the short and medium term is required. In the short term, all government interventions, that is loans, guarantees, grants, debt settlement on federal terms, etc., aiming at supporting businesses and employment should remain in place in order to facilitate the recovery as a bridge until a great percentage of the population uh, has a vaccine. In the medium term, it is crucial to implement the necessary structural reforms and to close the investment gap in order for the Greek economy to return to high and sustainable growth rates. To this end, timely and effective utilization of the NGEU funds, amounting to 32 billion euros at constant 2018 prices, of which 19.3 billion are grants and the rest are loans, will strengthen the growth prospects of the Greek economy, financing mainly, but not exclusively, investments in the sectors of the so-called green growth and digital technologies. The proposed interventions of the National Recovery and Resilience Plan, which utilize 
the medium-term growth plan of the Pisaridis Committee are fully in line with corresponding policy recommendations put forward by the Bank of Greece in its regular reports over the past few years. According to the Bank of Greece estimates presented yesterday in the December 2020 interim report on monetary policy to the parliament, NGEU funds will increase real GDP by an, by an average of 2.3% per year. That is, the level goes up by 2.3% every year in the period 2021-2026, primarily due to the increase in total investment. At the same time, the NGEU resources are estimated to lead to an increase in total factor productivity and higher potential growth for the next decade. An average annual real GDP growth, uh, growth rate of 3.5% for 2021 until 2030 is deemed feasible given that the resources that will flow into the Greek economy in this period from the EU structural funds and the NGEU amount to approximately 72 billion euros at constant prices. Let me now focus on the Greek banking sector, which was hard hit by the pandemic at a time when the scars from the previous crisis were still visible. Despite the reduction of NPLs by about 50 billion euros since their peak in March 2016, the NPL ratio at the end of September 2020 remained at exceptionally high levels of almost 36%, far above the EU average, which was 2.9% as of June 2020. The capital adequacy ratios of Greek banks are above the minimum required but they will be challenged by several factors. Namely, first, the full impact of IFRS 9. Second, the cost of the NPL strategies as seen in recent planned or executed transactions. Third, the fact that more than half of banks' capital is in the form of the so-called deferred tax credits, the DTC, which is perceived by the markets as low quality capital. Bank profitability is still weak on the back of low business volumes and high cost of credit risk. Finally, banks will need to gradually tap the markets over the next few years to meet their MREL targets. On top of these challenges, banks will face a deterioration of their asset quality from new defaults due to the pandemic, especially after the expiration of loan moratoria the key to unlock the start of a virtuous cycle in the banking sector and the economy in general is for banks to clean up uh, of their balance sheets and achieve effective private debt resolution. Starting with the latter, ample results are expected from the loan services that together with the single liquidator, PQH, they now manage about 38 billion euros of loans outside the official banking sector on top of those that they manage on behalf of, of the banks. It should be clear that moving NPLs outside the banking sector is not enough to remove credit risk from the financial system. Only the effective workout of these loans will essentially remove the burden to obligors and reduce the credit risk, eventually allowing a better allocation of resources in the economy. Regarding NPL resolution, 
the Bank of Greece has proposed an asset management company that simultaneously addresses the top two challenges for Greek banks, that is the high level of MPLs and the high share of DPC in bank capital with a minimum cost of all shareholders. The proposed AMC could take up the legacy NPLs that the Hellenic Asset Protection Scheme, which we call Hercules, will not tackle. These are estimated at about 30 billion, as well as the new NPLs resulting from the pandemic. These are estimated at about eight to 10 billion. According to the BOG proposal, an NPL transfer at net book value to the AMC creates incentives for banks with higher coverage ratios and eliminates asymmetries in the cost associated with participation in the proposed scheme. Banks undertake the cost of cleaning their balances, not the taxpayer. However, banks may benefit from the introduction of a gradual loss recognition mechanism that allows strengthening of capital adequacy reserves. Shareholders are not subject to undue dilution because of loss-triggered DTC conversions. The proposed AMC, finally, is not envisaged to perform as a servicer. On the contrary, the scheme will utilize and build upon existing contractual terms of loan servicing companies. In concluding, the resurgence of the pandemic has increased uncertainty regarding the depth of the recession and has weakened the prospects of economic recovery in Europe. For this reason, fiscal and monetary policy should remain expansionary until a very large proportion of the population is vaccinated and particularly the European economy returns to a stable growth path. In the medium term, the outlook for the Greek and the European economies is improving due to encouraging news about the rollout of effective coronavirus vaccines and the resources available through the new EU recovery instrument, the NGEU. The funds available through the NGEU provide an opportunity for the modernization, Greek transition, and digital transformation of the Greek economy, which is expected to show a strong recovery in 2021 and 2022 following the deep recession in 2020. If economic policy remains reform-oriented, it is possible for the Greek economy to achieve an average growth rate of close to 3.5% annually over the next decade. Regarding Greek banks, great challenges as well as great opportunities lie ahead. The key to unlock the start of a virtual cycle in the banking sector and the economy in general is as I said, for banks to clean up their balance sheets and achieve effective private uh, debt resolution. Regarding NPL resolution, the Bank of Greece has proposed an asset management company that simultaneously addresses the top two challenges for Greek banks, that is the high level of NPLs and the high share of DTC in bank capital with a minimum cost for all stakeholders. The creation of the NGEU is a key step forwards um, towards European integration. However, this is far from being the Hamiltonian moment for the Euro area. More has to be done to make the European economy and the banking sector more resilient. This calls for the strengthening of the banking crisis management framework, the completion of the banking union, and the creation of a full capital markets union. At the end of the road, when political and social conditions are right for treaty changes, 
then a full economic and monetary union involving a fiscal union will make the euro area economy more competitive. The capital and bond markets will gain the necessary depth. The euro will be able to compete with the dollar as a world reserve currency and monetary policy will become much more efficient. Thank you. Yanni, thank you very much. Mr. Stunaras, thank you very much for uh, making a, a very complex issue appear comprehensible and uh, relatively simpler. So thank you very much actually for the great insight and uh, for your great remarks. I appreciate it. And uh, hopefully next year we can have you in New York in person. Thank you, hopefully. Thank you very much, Nico. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks.